Hey, homebodies. Welcome back to the Introvert City Podcast, where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. I'm Karina. And I'm Seth. And we are your hosts. How are you guys doing today? How are you guys doing today? I personally... Give, give them time to talk. Oh. That's great. Awesome. Great to hear. I am personally having a rough day. I'm not going to lie. My stomach hurts, and I don't know why. I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, girls always have either a stomach ache or a headache. There's no yeah. in between. And that is accurate. How are you, Seth? I'm okay. I'm <laughs> tired, man. I had a long week last week. This is starting to sound like a college icebreaker right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, homebodies, if I sound like really drained. The past couple of weeks have just been really, really draining, if I'm going to be honest. We took a break last week. I'd love to say that it was because we were so busy, but in reality, we were busy, but also we had a pretty bad argument. Let's just be really real right now, guys. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking of, okay, so Seth and I last year, or actually just a couple months ago, attended a small group at church. We were pretty close with a lot of the people, and there was one week some of our friends had missed that week, and by the way, they're a married couple, and the next week they came back, and they were like, guys, we just want to be honest about last week. We didn't come because we had an argument. And I really appreciated their transparency Mm -hmm. with the group. It really showed that they were comfortable with everybody and that they felt like they could say that without being judged and without being bombarded with questions. And I honestly, as like a younger couple looking up to them, I really appreciated that. So we just want to be real. Like Seth and I have been dating for two years. How many months? You don't even know. It'll be. I know the date. I don't keep track of the months anymore. Wait. So in December it'll be three years. So we are at. I think. What is it? September. It is September. So. That, We're like ten. November, ten months. October, November. December. Nine months. Ten months. Uh, twelve minus four is what. Eight. Eight. So we're. Uh, wow. Two years and eight months. We're at. Wow. Is that correct math? I feel like it is. I feel like it August is. is the eighth month of the year. You're probably right. Oh, no, you are right. Because we're already into September. <laughs> so we so have October years, and two years November. and Two years and nine months. Yeah. Okay. That sounds, that sounds, or. <laughs> no, no, you're right, you're like right. It's like nine or ten. Because September is, no, but we didn't start dating in the first month. We started dating in the 12th month, which means we've been together for two years and eight months. Are you following? It's correct. Trust me. Anyways, if you guys okay, no, because if you guys disagree, DM us. Tell us that we did the math wrong. Anyways, we're at the point where we know each other so well that we just get so annoyed at like the stupidest things. And what we argued about last week really kind of stemmed from some stupid habits that we have that we kind of got annoyed with each other at. And it just ended up being explosive. There are a lot of podcasts and YouTube channels and platforms out there with couples as the hosts and as the the people who run the scene. They force themselves to do content every single week. Some of them do content every single day, which is crazy. And we want to be consistent with doing this weekly. But sometimes we need to be real and give ourselves what we need. And so we feel like if we had to force an episode, it would have felt forced, you know? Yeah. We also wanted to give our dreams episode some more time to to marinate because that one was fun you guys should check that one out that Mm. one's the last one we did 
So today, we just want to do an honest, transparent life update with you all. I don't know if you know that much about us, just that we are college students running this newfound podcast. and We, we are college students. Yeah. Running this podcast. Yeah. We want to sort of have an opportunity for you all to get to know us a little bit better and for you to know what stage we're at in life because we as introverts are here for the deep conversation. We're not here for the small talk, weather talk. Right, Seth? I mean, we sometimes are. It's it's like occasionally we are. Let's not be those people who are like, we never want to talk about how our days are or like how the weather is because well, I don't like ninety percent of my of my talk over the summer has been, it's so hot. Yeah, it was a really hot summer. Well, at the same time though, it's like it's so real. It's like talking to someone about gas prices. It depends. Like if it's really affecting your life, like gas prices. Then, yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah. But if you're running out of topics and you go to gas prices, I'm like, get me out of this conversation. No, yeah, because from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind, talking to people about small talk can be really, really scary. Banter. Those first... Banter. Um, there's a song that I think of by Billy Joel called Get It Right the First Time. It's about like messing up on a first time or trying to make sure because... You get it good on the first time with a date or whatever because do it doing. He says it like do it right the first time. That's the main thing. Do it right the next time. That's not the same thing. It's not one of his better tracks, but I think the message is decent because I do think that that first impression is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think as introverts, we stress that first impression to an existential level, to a really really deep level. That's further than just you know most extroverts. They definitely will will care about a first impression, but I think a lot of extroverts are okay with that first impression going poorly and then moving on to someone else because people are not a hard thing for them to talk to. Mm. Whereas for introverts, I think you can see an introvert talk to people easily. That introvert is probably having a really hard time trying to decipher first between what people to actually go to and what order. I don't yeah. know if you've ever done that. I, no, I, yeah, like I need yeah. to get to this person so that I can get to this person at this time. And then they're also trying to decipher what what they look like to be like, okay, I need to bring this up. I need to talk like this. And if I don't get this right. And so if you do all all that stuff or try something and you mess up on the first time, it's very rare that introvert will try and get you again. Mm -hmm. Because, again, with an extrovert, extroverts are a lot more, they aren't as subtle as introverts tend to be. And so I think with extroverts, they might keep trying the same person without fully understanding that, you know, they don't want them around. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think with an introvert, they understand subtlety, but it gets to a point where they won't even try again with the same person because they're like, that person hates me. They're probably thinking about me right now. When in reality, they're at home probably not thinking about anybody else but themselves. <laughs> and not in like a <laughs> mean, mean way. Not in a mean way. I'm not saying it in a mean way, but they're probably not thinking about you. They're thinking about something in their life that's more important than their five-second interaction with you that was kind of so bad. That's so true. And so I think that that's something I try to hold on to when I meet new people. But in reality, I don't in the mm-hmm. actual moment. So in the moment, I get really nervous to talk to someone. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you guys have done this, uh, other ICs. But um, I think. Like yeah, an IC? Like IC. Like Introvert City. Like Introvert City. Maybe, oh, but with two E's maybe. Instead of homebodies? Or in addition to? In addition to homebodies. Okay, okay. But yeah, ICs and homebodies. I don't know if you guys um, have done this before, but 
personally, say you're at church or at an event or at some type of club that you're going to be going to often at a frequent time, you know, normally maybe once a week, twice a week, maybe every single day. There might be that one person that you see that you're like, that person looks so cool and I'd love to be friends with them. But the first interaction doesn't happen like till six months after that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Or even worse, you try to interact with them and it doesn't go well. So you never try it again. Like you said. No, yeah. But, but, but to, to get real quick before we jump back into that, I think something first that, that to even get past with the whole first, uh, getting that first time, uh, first impression is back to the same problem of even trying to try Mm -hmm. because I think so many introverts me included and you included probably too will scope out certain people for so long until actually even trying with them Mm -hmm. because you're acting out a movie in your head there's ninjas and fireworks and explosions and monsters all over the place in your head when in reality it's just a two second walk over to this person shake their hand say hi and then it is what it is. Give them your business card if you got one. By the way, we got a business card, guys. Oh, yeah. And they look epic. They do look pretty good. There's a picture of both of us on our Instagram. Go follow us on them. Instagram, guys. At the, the end underscore. I was going to say it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, you say it. No, you say it. At the underscore introvert underscore city. Give us a follow. Have you been struggling with that recently? First time impressions are scary because you also get a preconceived notion of what that person is like. And, what, and they get a preconceived notion in your mind of what you're like. So times after that, even if you get to know the person really well, you still base a lot of it off of your first impression with them. And that's been something that for me over the past year has been pretty difficult to get over. There's a lot of people that my first impression of seeing them talk to someone, I was just like, I don't know if I could really talk to them. I don't know if I really have the have the energy to go over and speak to them. I don't know if they'd like me just because of the people I see them hang around. And I've tried a lot to go out and reach out to more people now. And just doing that has been really encouraging for me, but also pretty eye-opening to how judgmental I can be at times because I am an INFP, which means that I am not judgmental at all. But actually, I can be judgmental (laughs) at times. I think for me that when I cast judgment on people, it doesn't make me want to be their friend necessarily or not. It's more just that I kind of tend to keep a distance from people I judge a bit harsher but eventually I'll give them a chance and I try my best when I talk to them to not have just judgment and hatred towards them because I feel like as a judgmental person would do is they would cast it on them immediately, but they also probably have a better guard. Whereas me, I think I let my guard down a lot easier when I'm around certain types of people. That's good. I think the difference between you and I, which I'm an INFJ, which means I do judge. Mm. When you, I don't think the INFP doesn't judge at all. I think the definition of judge is just different. So for you, it might be just scoping out a situation Mm -hmm. rather than pointing fingers. For me, I am the type to, yeah, kind of take a first impression and run with it. And Mm -hmm. because I do that to other people, I worry that everyone's going to do that to me. And it's this cycle for me of, oh my gosh, this is really vulnerable, but I don't want people to judge me as I have maybe judged them. And that's Mm. super eye-opening for me because I'm like, oh wow, Mm. I'm really hypocritical in that way. But I think for you, for the, it was the P, right? Instead of the J? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's more of a scoping out situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how to observe the situation and not necessarily judge, but observe and see where you can fit in. And yeah, you may let your guard down easier. Whereas for me, I have a lot of trust problems and I want to be 
I don't know if control plays a part into it, but it might. I try my best to be like the same Seth with everyone when I get to know when I when I start talking to them. You know, like I'm a pretty uh, <clears throat> I'm a pretty zany guy. I'm pretty charismatic. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. No, no, no. You definitely but, are charismatic. But 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 I think I think though with me, I like to spectate a lot. So there's just a lot of people, even right now that I can think of in church that I have never talked to but I feel like I know so much about because I just watch them in church. Yeah, and I don't think that's actually the P or the J. I think that's actually the I. The introvert? Yeah, because I do that. Most introverts people watch. Yeah, and also I don't think it's a negative thing to say that you let your guard down. I think it actually it has pluses and minuses just like any character trait. So you might be more open to developing a friendship with someone even if that person maybe has a bad reputation. You know what I mean? You're more open to mending a relationship maybe. Whereas for me, someone who always has their guard up, I am a grudge holder. Mm -hmm. And that also has pluses and minuses. No, yeah. I just think that the the phrase letting your guard down is not a positive phrase. And I wanted to clarify that I didn't mean that. (laughs) Like I I do think for me, I think I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I'm pretty easy to talk to. I'm really beefing myself up this episode, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? This might be our first disagreement. I actually don't think it's negative to use the word let your guard down. Let us know what you guys think. If it's, I think it depends. But I think for me, I let my guard down around people I know. You know? So people I know, like once I know you and I get past that barrier, I think I stop caring about, you're not going to kill me. Sure. But then if it's a random person, I get a bit more like, in a sense, we're like, I'm a spectator, you know? Okay, I understand. And I'm like, I see you. I'm going to keep my guard up. But once I get to know you, my guard comes down. I think that's with most people, though. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, you let your guard down as time kind of goes on. So how do you think all of that relates to where you are now in life and how that's affected? Yeah, uh, to, to, keep, to, to bring it back, <laughs> <laughs> I think one problem that it has caused in my life is that I tend to be non-confrontational when things get really really tough yeah because i want to be a bit more of a i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of soft sometimes i'm soft in the sense that like i don't like hurting other people's feelings and i don't like saying things that i don't mean in moments so there's a lot of times where i try my best to distance myself because i don't want to say things that probably are not going to come off the way that you would want to hear them and that probably realistically even if I might have truth in it, probably are not going to be beneficial. Because as a kid, I was very, I had a lot of anger issues. Okay. So there would be times where I would kind of laugh. And I talked about that in our, um, in both of our story episodes our in season one. Um, and I very much was a kid who lashed out really easily. And I had a lot of problem keeping the rage inside of me kind of held down. So I would say a lot of things, get into fights, mess up with words write really bad notes to my school i, I don't know if i talked about there. that i don't know if i talked about that but that, that's for another day i think for me as i am now today i look back at that time as such a negative time especially since i i did go to therapy twice and then i did a lot of counseling at school and i did a lot more like realization that the anger issues i was doing weren't actually i was using it as a protective and like almost like a primitive measure you know when kids would bully me i get angry but i didn't realize until like middle school that if i acted out in anger and acted on my anger issues it actually just made the kids get what they want 
and it made me look like more of a a dummy and 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 a stupid and a stupid do you think that's why you distance yourself when for example you and i have arguments yeah 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 and not that i try to um i do think sometimes i do just straight up try to just push you out of my bubble because i'd rather not have an argument at that at a certain moment but yeah i think i think i'm confrontational when i want to be but I think oftentimes I try to distance myself from situations because how I see it is that if I escalate it physically or vocally, I feel like things are just going to go bad. For me, I mean, I'm just the complete opposite. I am very confrontational, which I definitely was not always that way. This is something that I think I was, I, it, it wasn't a part of my nature because when we first started dating, I remember so many things that I wanted to address which we had mentioned in our testimony episodes that we started this relationship on like a really probably bad note. We were both in really bad, immature places. Um, and there were a lot of things that I wanted to address. For example, that song you wrote. Remember from our first argument? We did a whole episode oh on gosh. it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, gosh. <laughs> I wanted to address that to you and I felt like I couldn't because I didn't want to confront and cause conflict. So in that scenario, I acted like you, and I pulled away, and I just didn't mention it. Um, but lately, becoming so much more comfortable with you, I've become maybe too confrontational, and I bring up every little issue that bothers me, even when maybe sometimes I can kind of get over it myself. But not even with you, just with more people in my life. I've gotten uh, more vocal with voicing you know, my opinions at my house, and um, with friends, you know, I might... I. I have more recently started having more serious conversations with my friends and maybe holding each other accountable when the other person doesn't want to be. And it's hard. Like, I, I really think that I've come to a place where I speak too much about the things that I feel. And so I think that when you take both of our sides, you get a constant combat of me, who is very much non-confrontational in our arguments, but in a way that sometimes can be very much shutting people out and just taking distance in a way that's not always beneficial, whereas you tend to be a person who really feels passionate and wants to get your point across, but you, in doing so, you get so much of your point across that it almost becomes like it's a completely different argument than what we even started talking about. So I think, that's, yeah. I think both of us fall into those issues. Like for me, I really suck sometimes when you really just want to speak to me, and I'm like, no, I'm too sad. I'm too, I'm too upset. I'm, I'm so sad. But, and, and so. Just like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm sad. But at the same time, it's probably going to be a lot more important to let you tell me what you're going to tell me. Because in reality, I might be preparing for something that's not even as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or maybe it is. But I'm, I got to, you know, man up. <laughs> Can you guys tell that our pre-engagement has been going well? Because we're reflecting on so many yeah. things right now. Yeah. I will say that I truly feel that even though we're learning more about ourselves at a time when we're in college and stuff, um, we're finding answers to questions about our faith, I really appreciate that we've been reflective with each other and able to actually talk about this stuff. I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, in terms of where we are in our individual lives, personally, something I wrote down on my notes here is that I'm struggling with kind of overconsumption right now of media. And I just think that's a Gen Z problem as a whole. But for me, I have been consuming a lot of YouTube content that is very debate heavy 
and we talked about this in one of our previous episodes. I think it was on, yeah, it was guarding your heart. You need to understand when too much is too much and when it's actually not good for you to consume all of that content. Even if it's good debating, like apologetics or stuff about culture, yeah. that's good to, to expose yourself to, but to a certain degree, because then it's going to be all that you think about. And I spent, like, all of my YouTube For You pages, like, Jubilee debates and um, these hour-long, uh, different viewpoint, lifestyle, angry debates. And first of all, they make me more angry when I watch them. And mm. sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I watch things for the purpose of getting angry at those people. There are a lot of YouTube channels that I watch right now that I do not agree with. You hate watch. Yeah. And I've honest, there's one channel in particular... I actually had to tell myself that I will not watch her content anymore because, first of all, I'm giving her views. I'm giving her what she's looking for. And second of all, I am only hate-watching, and that's not fostering any any good fruit, as the Christians say. <laughs> as the Christians say. As we say. It's not... What, what good is coming from that? From reading all of her comments, from hate-watching and pausing, to then so I even will, like, call Seth and be like, I watched this video, and this girl is so dumb, and this and that. And that's not, how is that bettering my character or bettering my relationship with God in any way? It's mm. not. So I actually had to stop watching content like that entirely. Um, and just embracing the silence is something I am trying to do right now because the truth is that you don't need to be filling your brain with media every single second of the day. You don't need music in your car every single time. You don't need to watch a YouTube video in the shower every single night. You don't need to, even folding laundry or doing dishes, it's okay mm -hmm. to sit in the silence and sit in the presence of God. So indulging in all of that media consumption also makes you really prone to anxiety. So trying to stay away from that. That's where I am. I guess for me... I've had enough, I've had also a problem with media consumption, but more in the sense that just a lot of negative media I've been watching, and I kind of have not been watching a lot of media. Like my YouTube feed is kind of barren. It's depressing, guys, except for the fact that it shows some pretty funny videos sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, but I I've been on TikTok a lot. I spend way too much time on TikTok, like, and I'm on horror TikTok, so. I'm always I'm always watching scary videos, especially at nighttime, which just messes with. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you really should stop because Seth, man, you get scared sometimes. I do, but I love I love to get scared. I, I don't know why. I just yeah, like, you hate roller coasters. I do not understand. That's a different type no, it's of not. scare because it's like it's not. It's, it's the like same. it's like the thing in the 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 thing is not going to come out and like kill me. Whereas if I'm on the roller coaster. Have you seen Final Destination 3? Um, no, you haven't. Okay. Do continue, though. <laughs> but also in terms of negative media, and just to take a second to be honest with you guys, um, I've been a... Uh, I've struggled with pornography for a big part of my life. Um, I know this might... I don't know if it comes as a shock to you guys, but I have struggled with pornography for a pretty long time since I was a, since I was a preteen. And that's been something I've been focusing on a lot lately. Over the past two years, really, I've been trying to focus on it. But over the past year, I've been really trying to dig deep into it. And there's been times I've failed. There are times i messed up. Um, over the past few months, I've been on a really good streak. But before that, I was... Pff, it was really rough. It, it took... When I was in high school, it would take over, you know, my entire... Sometimes my, my friendships and my groups, I would, I would just leave... Or some friendships I just wouldn't put any time into because I would rather be home at that time 
watching this. I would miss events. I would sometimes be late to school. Mm. I would get home as early as possible so I could do it. I would sometimes go to bed early to do it. And there were so many times where I just, I was so into that whole life mm-hmm. that I would just talk about it with my friends too to make myself feel better. Like uh, any of any of the guys out there who struggle with pornography, this might be familiar, saying, you guys watch porn, right? How many times do you guys watch porn a week? How many times do you guys watch porn a week? Oh, bro, that's nothing. You know how much, like... Uh, that those were very often conversations I would have with certain people in my life when I was at my worst with it. And looking back on it, it's it is shameful, but also I'm glad I went through that because it brought me to a place where I understand the troubles of that mm-hmm. and I can learn from it. And whenever I have a son, I can talk to him about a problem that probably will happen for him. It's um, so crazy to hear that side of it and the conversations that you said you had with your friends when you were younger. And to know that this is happening at such a young age is terrifying. Yeah. It's not even weird for it to happen at that age anymore. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's even earlier, especially with how much is on there. But this is a topic, a deeper topic for another time. I'm sure time. we could do a longer um, episode on it. But yeah. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. And I think that it was something that took a hold. It was something that took a hold of me. A lot of familial issues have been happening for the past like five years that have really kind of sent me sent me in at the time into a much deeper pit with pornography. But I think for one, my relationship with God became a lot stronger. Two, I got a girlfriend. Now, guys, not gonna lie, it becomes even harder to fully give it up. Yeah, a lot of young guys I feel think that getting a girlfriend or even getting married will fix the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so many times you see, you know, you're like, oh, now I have a girlfriend. So and I'm not going to get into the stipulations of what people think about or what people do in their mental. But, you you know, you're like, oh, well, I have a girlfriend. I don't need pornography anymore. But it actually becomes really hard to not over sexualize your girlfriend as well. And it also becomes it becomes really, really hard, though, too, to not want to go back to imagine that girl in these images. Um, I think that's another thing that a lot of men struggle with too nowadays. Uh, but I struggled a lot for a long time thinking that because I was in a relationship that I, that it was just going to go away. That yeah. I was going to be like, you know what, guys? I'm done. I got a girlfriend now. Goodbye. But it didn't. It did not help. Yeah. For a little bit, I was like, oh, it's going to work. But things got really, really hard because I would get to places where I was really close. But it was actually so hard to give up that last bit and not fall back in. So there were times where I would go maybe a month, maybe even a few months without watching it. And then one day something would happen and then I just want to watch so much. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to say that I'm at a point where that's not really holding me anymore. Of course, every now and then I find myself really, really struggling and I have a really, really hard time to just put my phone away mm-hmm. and to just not be alone. But I do believe that it's something that I'm being delivered from and it's something that has definitely affected our relationship because I've been very open with Karina about this ever since we started dating. I wasn't as open when we started, but for a pretty long time in our relationship, I've been really, really open about it. And I've seen the way that it's made her feel and it hurts to see that happen. But I'm, but I'm glad that she's been supportive of me. Um, that's been one of the biggest reasons for me staying in this relationship of course there's a lot of those reasons but a big reason has been that just the overwhelming amount of grace with that because if she were to just tell me you know i don't think this is working and leave me that wouldn't necessarily be wrong of her 
It wouldn't. It would have been totally fair. Would it have sucked? I mean, yeah. But like, I think that the fact that she instead said, you know what, this really, really does suck, but I love you and I want to help you with this and I want to be there for you. She would even come with me to certain groups that I would talk, that I would Mm -hmm. do, try to even help me out with certain methods of ad blockers or whatever. And I would say that that's been something that's really kept me in this relationship. Just knowing that in a hard time that you're going to help me, yeah. you know, and that you're willing to help me whether I want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing for the partner of the, of the person who is, is watching that to be more encouraging than discouraging. And that sounds easier said than done, but I have lots of friends who it's it's the opposite scenario. You know, the, the girl is the one indulging and, and the mm. guy doesn't know how to handle it. And I think the solution is the same for whether it's the guy or the girl. And that is, um, first of all, to not brush it under the rug and to definitely address it, but to address it in a way that is very much like I will, not that I'll help you or that I will fix it for you, but that I will be here for you and that I will walk alongside you as you pray, as you go to these groups, I will walk alongside you and I will be patient with you. At the end of the day, um, a porn addiction is something that only God can really cure and something that takes a lot of conviction and a lot of self-control and um, a lot of counsel too. And I have seen you go through all of that and I feel really proud for the place that we are now. I've always felt a conviction ever since I really started reading my my Bible about it because sexual morality is something that is so much more, so much deeper than just the mainstream version of sexual morality. It is really about your flesh and it's about you. And I feel like, first of all, sin really catches you. We all know that. Sin really does catch you. With either of our sins, with either of our mistakes, it's not easy to just say stop. And I think for one, the fact that we're both Christians has helped a lot. And I think the fact that we're both open has helped us a lot. But for, I think, sexual immorality, one verse that I look back to a lot is in uh, Ephesians 5, 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetedness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. I also look at 1 Corinthians six eighteen. Uh, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commit is outside of the body. The sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Mm-hmm. That's a cut because, of course, physically you want it, but mentally it comes to a point where it's starting to distract you from what's right in front of you to where your pornography addiction becomes your girlfriend and your girlfriend becomes your side chick. Yeah, wow. So much to unpack here. I feel like there's so much I want to say, but... That's for another episode we can we talk about. We could totally talk... Yeah, for a couple episodes about the impact that it's had not only on our relationship, but just as people and um, talking to other people and hearing their testimonies. It's just it feels like one of the biggest um, addictions of our generation and one that is most often swept under the rug. Yeah. Um, And I think it is so important to talk about because and not even seen as an addiction sometimes. Oh, for sure. Seen as even helpful or encouraged. Um, Everyone does it. Right. Everybody does it. Boys be boys. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> but um, thank you for sharing that, Seth. Um, means a lot to to be able to talk about this with you on, on our platform. And um, if you guys want to hear uh, more of our journey in that area, please let us know and we can look into an episode on that. Um, yeah. So 
I would say right now where we are, also keep in mind winter's coming up, so if we come on here and we sound all tired and depressed, that's why. It's just Yeah, yeah, I mean it is a rough semester. School has been tough. I'm yeah. not even gonna lie. Yeah. The only thing getting me through school has been the listening to the Perry's podcast. <laughs> Shout Paper out to Wave, the Perry's and Cody Co. in between every assignment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shout out Cody <laughs> and Noel. Cody is listening. <laughs> So, guys, also, for the next three episodes, we're scheduled to have guests on. So if all goes well, we're going to be doing some collabs. Oh, God, back into guest season. Guest season. Oh, my God. Season two has consisted (laughs) of so many guests. And you know what? I am loving it. I'm loving all the messages that we're spreading on here. And hopefully even we can get more after this this next month. But, um, yeah, so for the next couple episodes, there will be guests on here talking about mm. all sorts of things really really interesting stuff coming up so please don't go anywhere one more thing we went to a really cool event last week Woo-hoo! it was um, awesome shout out to assets of lancaster also congratulations for turning 30 uh, we had an amazing time uh, we got to meet some really great people talk to some people we already knew um, we got to really really get into feeling like entrepreneurs in our area in our local business the event was like a networking um event and we also were in the studio on it studio audience for a live podcast yeah it was awesome that was insane it was (laughs) it was pretty sick but we got to meet some incredible people the people who worked their assets really incredible people jamie arroyo he leads he's the uh boss there and he leads them so well and he's a great guy also of course uh my mother works there Shout and out, she's Amy. Amazing. She's also in management, and she, she's she's doing a really great job there as well. Mom. Hey. Mom. Yeah. Mom. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was really amazing, and we got to talk to some people who started their business from the ground up, mm-hmm. and you know we talked uh, talked about some collabs with some people. Talked about some collabs. Nothing some collabs is, that nothing. Def- is, some some are definitely going to happen. Oh yeah, I mean nothing is confirmed, but it, it was just very exciting to be mm-hmm. in that world and to be growing. So thank you guys uh, for the, this. Is a really emotional episode, but thank you guys for everything. For those of you who have been listening since day one, um, mm-hmm. we appreciate your support, and we are slowly growing, and it's very exciting to see. Yeah. Um. So it's awesome. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for sticking around. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore introvert underscore city. You can find me at Karina underscore B04. You can find me at it's underscore D-N-E-Y-L. We also have Facebook as well. Or you could email us at introvert. (laughs) He's thinking about it. (laughs) Introvertct9 at gmail.com. Great. All right, guys, we will be back next week with a guest. Don't go anywhere. This yeah, we'll be with a guest. Bye. Might be a, a returning guest. Oh. Oh. Hints have dropped. Hints, hints, hints. Okay, bye guys. Love you. <laughs> bye.